0: The Detroit Free Press presents Talkin' Lions, your audio home for all things Honolulu blue and silver. Here is your host from the Detroit Free Press, Dave Burkett.
1: Dave Burkett here, along with Carlos Menares, after another Lions game day. And Carlos, it's the same old story, my man. It's uh, Lions lost another one, fall to one and three, heading into the bye week. And look, we're at a, a pretty crucial point in the this season here. I, I don't think, I don't think you or I, we, neither one of us, thinks that uh, you know any change will be made during this off season, right? I, I don't think, I don't think you expect uh, Sheila Ford to make any change, but during the off season. I'm sorry, this point in the season, right? This, now, point. this point in the season, right here in the bye week. Um, but it's something that we have to discuss because that's uh, look that that topic is out there. Uh, I know, judging by my emails, uh, judging by everything I've seen on Twitter, there is a large segment of this Lions fan base right now that is calling for Matt Patricia's head that doesn't want to give him the rest of the, the season, the final 12 weeks. And, and frankly, I, I understand a lot of the ranks. I mean, this has been, you know, 10 25 and one and the way that the, the three losses have gone so far this year. Um, the Lions just aren't a very good football team right now. And I know you're going to disagree with me, uh, <laughs> but a lot of it falls on Matt Patricia's head coach.
0: Yes. No, for sure. I mean, I think there's no question. You know, you're, you're, there's the old saying, you are what your record says you are. Of course, it's not really true this year, as we know.
1: Get the Lions are really two and two. Just stop. Just stop with that. All no, right? the Lions are two and two. Sounds silly when
0: you say yeah. that. Two and two. Um, they're two and two. I mean, the li- like, oh, the lie, the losses. The first game, you have to not. Carlos, I'm, I'm not even going to
1: entertain that. You have to stop with that. They're one and three. They've blown three leads. You know, it wasn't just DeAndre Swift dropping a touchdown. You know what? If they don't, if they can stop Mitch Trubisky, then maybe they are two and two. They're not. They're one and three. So, yeah. forget your point. Okay, For, forget that. We have okay. to be, move beyond that. They're one and three. All right. They're two and two. Let's move beyond. Okay. So they've had
0: two. They've had two uh, bad losses. One to the best offense maybe in the history of the NFL, Green Bay, in Green Bay, and Green Bay is a great team. I, I don't. I don't see them be, beating them. You know, in Ford Field either, probably unless something weird happens, but. Um, and th- this was this was a winnable game. The Saints game was a winnable game. Alvin Kamara is amazing, but he was the guy they needed to stop. This is the this is the guy that the defense just could not stop. You know, and the Saints give him credit. They did what they needed to do. Drew Brees reached back into the fountain of youth and splashed his face a little bit with some water and found a, just enough magic. He made some he made enough, it, against the better defense he would have been picked off at least twice, um, or three times rather, because the Lions picked him off once, maybe twice. Um, and, you know, but they had to run – the, the problem with the Lions, as we see, you know, you talk about identities and all that, they can't stop the run. I mean, against a good running team, they cannot stop the run. And, you know, the Saints have a good offense, and they're going to struggle against, you know, the Green Bays and the the Saints and the, you know, uh, Tennessee Titans probably if they can stop getting COVID. You know, that will be – a a challenge for them and teams will know. this. And you can't just have a good run game. You're either a good running team or you're not. So that's the good news for the Lions. They don't face a ton of great running teams against, you know, for the rest of the season, it looks like. Um, But the NFC North all has pretty good running games. So that's a problem. But yeah, this is a, this is on Patricia, you know, 10, 25, and one, you know, um, that's hard. Now, the one thing I want to say is I want to, I, I do want to pump the brakes a little bit on this nine and seven. wasn't good enough. It wasn't good enough. And if it kept Jim Caldwell, that wouldn't. Have, you don't want it. If you, even if you want to say that man, Patricia's the wrong hire, and you got to move on, you know that's fine. But you don't want a team that's stuck in, you know, nine and seven, and then seven and nine, one year, maybe eleven games, maybe they were they were that's mediocre in the NFL. And if that's if that's good enough for you, people would have been screaming for why is bob quinn not making a move after nine and seven how long are you know okay now the next year they were ten and six and that's good enough i'm gonna keep floating and not fire anybody you know like you need to move on from that when you've seen that now yeah the the dues gonna the, the the bill's gonna come due on patricia pretty soon if they don't change this right away but there's how much the question i have for you is what can you do in an, in, in an off week during the bye week how
1: much change can you make you know especially to this defense yep I don't I don't think there's much I mean look you know we've said it before that for some reason this Lions defense always seems to start slow and you know occasionally every once in a while for a couple games in 2018 they they seem to pick it up towards the second half of the season but that's not always the case I just don't know that there's because I I think the Lions problems on the defensive side are both schematic and personnel. You know, they don't have enough playmakers on that side of the ball. They don't have big sack guys. They don't have big turnover guys. You know, Jeff Okuda obviously is is, you know, having a, a bumpy road here in his his introduction to the NFL so as talented as he is, you know, he's not quite ready to be a difference maker yet. You know, schematically we've talked about this before. You know, I, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a believer in, I guess, more the the Jim Schwartz style of defense, right? I, w- I want my defensive line to get after quarterbacks and, and to really affect the passer. And, and you know, that, that's what I like to see. And I just, I don't see that out of this defense. And I don't think they're good enough to, uh, you know, in other areas to then uh, be able to buy some time for their, their, their defensive line to get after the quarterback. So I don't think the defense is changing dramatically. Will it be better than it has the first four weeks? Probably because, you know, when you allow 170 yards rushing a game, I mean, there's only really one way to go from there, right? Like maybe you get up to 150 yards allowed or 130 yards allowed, which is still terrible, but at least you're not allowing 170 yards per game. So there's room for improvement, but I don't know that, you know, at no point in this season, are we going to look up and be like, wow, this line's defense is pretty good. And, and that's the reason they're winning games. So ultimately for them to win games Uh, they're going to have to keep their head above water defensively. And then it's going to come back to that offense, Matthew Stafford. I know you wrote about him and and his struggles uh, yesterday after the game. And and obviously he's been a part of, of what's going on too. I I don't think he's playing very good football right now. Missed some throws yesterday. He has three interceptions, I think on the season, all in losses, Um, you know, so he needs to be better, but you know, we can't, look, the the fact of the matter is, is that this has been going on now for 36 games, right? This has been going on for the entirety of Matt Patricia's tenure in Detroit. And again, I'm, I'm not one that, that advocates for, for firings, you know, in the season, especially this early in the season, when there's still 12 games to play, I think maybe at some point you get to the point where the writing is on the wall and, you know, you, you want to make a change because you're going to make that change eventually. But that point to me is not right now, but I understand again why, why people are calling for, for Matt Patricia's head and, and Bob Quinn said for that matter, because you know, uh, even if the Lions turn this thing around, I think we've seen pretty convincing evidence that they're, that they're nothing more than a mediocre team. And as you just said with Jim Caldwell's nine and seven teams, that's not good enough.
0: Um, is there a chance that, like I wrote about this, that the only thing I see possibly helping is that they find a Snacks Harrison type? defensive tackle or player on the defensive line that can you know ride in with the with the white hat and uh, and save the days or somebody I mean Bob Quinn give him credit he has done a decent job of adding guys um here and there you know and it hasn't always worked but he's done a decent job they, Adrian Peterson was a good move you know um can is there anybody out there you think can they swing the trade
1: you know I mean I honestly I don't know I haven't I haven't looked at the the rosters, the depth of, of rosters of teams that may be sellers yet. I mean, the, the trade deadline is still a month away election day. Don't forget to vote. Um, You know, so I, I think we still have, we still have plenty of time before we get there. And, And at that point, is it too late? Does it matter enough? I mean, they would need to have somebody that has a Damon Harrison type impact and, you know, given the investment that the Lions made in Danny Shelton at that nose tackle position, I don't, I don't, you know, and Trey Flowers at that right defensive end position. I just don't know that, that that's there. I mean, certainly Nick Williams, he left yesterday's game with a shoulder injury. Uh, depending on the severity of that, he had hurt that shoulder before. He was wearing a little brace on his biceps. So, you know, it might be something to to monitor going forward here. You know, Deshaun Hand is perennially on the injured list. So they, there's room to, to add at that sort of left defensive end spot. But for everyone out there who's clamored about, you know, Jadavian Clowney before, of course, knowing he's, he's signed now, obviously, and, and Yannick Ngakwe and players like that, that's not what they want at that position. So I don't know that, that that big-time difference maker is is really out there for them to get or, you know, what they're looking for. I mean, certainly you want those blue-chip players in your defense, but um, the way this the scheme is structured, uh, you know, seems to, to be that they – would want another Nick Williams type. And and that's not a difference maker in my eyes. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, um, you know, that, that, that's where I,
0: that's where I don't see, you know, I don't know if you can change your scheme enough, you know, to, to suddenly stop the run, you know, I mean, they, they should, there's things they can do, you know. Um, And I thought it was interesting that um, I don't think Jelani, I didn't see the snap counts yet, but did Jelani Tavai play that much yesterday? I don't, I think I saw him on the field,
1: especially early in the season. Or yeah, in the man, game. You know, I mean the Lions played a lot of four man defensive front yesterday, you know, and, and so they they had a different, you know, so as much as we talk about Patricia not not you know being bendable, I mean he's tried a few different things here, right? They played more zone against Arizona and it seemed to work and, and they played more, you know, defensive line here. But the overriding thing is is that you know, he he always thinks he can outsmart the other team, right? Well, you know, that's why we have all these interchangeable parts because whatever you do good or whatever you don't do well i'm going to change my defense to take advantage of that rather than just being like you know what i'm going to build the best possible defense i can that can do this thing really well built around this player that does really great things meanwhile you know the the, where some defenses do that the the 49ers right they have this great defensive line that puts all kinds of kinds of pressure on teams um you know the, the the lions have a bunch of average players on defense and no difference makers. And I think that's where some of this, and again, that, that ties into scheme too. That's who they're targeting because they want some of these guys that, you know, are these interchangeable parts, right? Rather than being great at one thing, they want guys who are good at a bunch of things. And, and I don't know, I, I just don't, I don't buy that as being the way that you win in the NFL, unless you have Bill Belichick and Tom Brady pulling the strings
0: that's hard isn't it i mean when you when you come from that tradition right and the the patriots and you know um when your when your team has rallied from whatever that you know huge deficit was was in atlanta and you know you you buy into the whole thing you know you don't you don't tend to probably look at it as well we had the greatest quarterback of all time help lead that you know comeback and um
1: it's a holistic approach of the patriots so yeah, that it part. It In theory too, right? It, I mean, it, I understand the, the theory behind it because, yeah, like I'm going to be able to stop you at whatever you do good because you don't want to just be built to stop a passing team or just be built to stop a running team or just be built to run the football. So in theory, I, I completely get where it comes from. But, you know, more than theory, I think you need great players to win in the NFL. And who on this Lions team right now is a great player? Jack Fox. Jack Fox, there you go. And that's the problem, right? I mean, that's – look, Tom Brady, great player in New England, going to go down as the best quarterback of all time with all the wins that he has, right? I mean, yeah. Seattle right now, they're probably, you know, Packers as well, but but probably the, best, the two best teams in the NFC, right? Russell Wilson playing great. Aaron Rodgers doing great things. Got a really good defense, too, that can get after the quarterback and do some things. But they've got two really, really good players right now. So, look, I blame – Patricia a lot for this, and, and I think he he deserves a lot of the blame. But I I'm not you know this doesn't absolve the players of blame because certainly Matthew Stafford needs to play better. They need to run the ball better. The defense needs to play better. I mean, it's not like you know this is the old right Bobby Bobby Ross. I don't coach that stuff. It's not like Matt Patricia and the defensive staff are are telling these guys to to let Elvin Kamara and and uh, you know if, I mean all the running backs for that matter. Um, but Latavius Murray get five, six yards downfield before they're, they're uh, touched by a Lions defensive player. So, uh, you know, it's, they're not coaching that, but I don't know the, the scheme, the players, whatever, they haven't meshed through 36 games and, and we haven't really seen signs that they will. Yeah. You know, the, the, the thing yesterday that, um you know, you can't forget
0: this is after, after the game, you know, there's a lot of, you know, emotion and, and you start looking back at, at, plays and stats and justifying you know don't let 3.9 yards fool you and all these different things right like let's you do you build a case for why they lost right and that's fair but don't forget they were up 14 nothing right and yes the story has been blowing these early double digit leads but the one thing about this team that i i'm asking you here is is it completely hopeless because it's not like they're out of the game the whole time. Like there was, they came in and got dragged around the field by their hair and that was it. There was never a chance. They had an early lead. They mounted somewhat of a comeback. There was a chance there. I mean, you and I as deadline writers know we pretty much had a lot of stuff ready to go toward the end of the game. And it was like, these guys converted to point conversion. They can score a touchdown and win this game with whatever it was left, you know, three
1: minutes or whatever it was. You were a little worried, weren't you? You're like, I I got to change my my lead here. I filed my story before that. Um, But no, to to answer your question, it makes it worse on some level, right? You expect the New York Jets to be bad because you look at that roster, they're awful, right? The New York Giants, who do they have on that roster right now that's competitive, right? No one. I mean, those are bad football teams. The Lions are not a bad football team, right? They have, you know, at least a decent collection of talent. I mean, they have an average collection of talent, Uh, you know, compared to some of their NFL peers. And so they shouldn't be going 36 minutes without points during a game uh, against a defense that's without its top two cornerbacks and one of its starting defensive ends. You know, they shouldn't, they shouldn't give up touchdowns on five straight drives because they can't stop the run. And because Drew Brees is, is picking them apart when Drew Brees is really good quarterback. The saints were really good offense, but you know, you look what he did in the first three games and they didn't have a lot of success throwing downfield. So you know, I think that makes it worse on some level that, that that's why it's so head scratching that, that these lions are, you know, as bad as they are. And, and back to your, the point that you brought up when you mentioned Jim Caldwell, Nine and seven wasn't good enough, and it shouldn't be good enough. And even if the Lions turn this thing around, what are they going to be? They're still going to be a mediocre team at the end of the day that you look at and you say, ah, they don't have any shot at doing anything in the playoffs, right? I mean, they're, they're not a team that's on the level of the Seahawks or the Saints or when they're healthy or, or the, the, the Packers, you know, whoever it is. So, I mean, it wasn't good enough before. I don't know why it would be good enough in two thousand twenty.
0: All right, but but to the to the point I was making about is there any hope? Because you hope know for what? Hope for what though? Hope for winning games. I mean, they are they
1: completely is it do you expect them to go, you know, oh and twelve with the rest of the or do they no, have chances of winning games? ten well, I mean what's what's the difference really between six and ten and four and twelve, or you know, it's draft picks. You know, we've said all along, Carlos. And I think you, you've always agreed with this, right? There's the, the few teams that are, that are terrible in the NFL, right? That are going to go three and 13, right? The New York Jets, those, those sort of teams. And then you got your 13 and three teams, the Chiefs and the Ravens and the Seahawks. And so you got your really good and you got your really bad. And then everyone else is in the middle of the pack. And what you're trying to do as an organization, what you need to do is you need to be able to, to be consistently at the top end of that middle of the pack and then find your way over the hump. And the lions have not been even consistently in that pack in 30 years. I mean, really since Barry Sanders was in his heyday. Right. And Jim Caldwell had them borderline. I mean, you know, they were a competitive team. They, they made the playoffs twice in his four seasons, 2014, they had a really good year. I agree. We, you know, we don't want to rewrite history here. Like what, what was going on at that time was not enough and it shouldn't be enough. And that's not completely why he was let go. I mean, we all, you know, look, it was, you know, Bob Quinn was hired and he wanted to bring his own guy in and the first opportunity he had, he did it and he hired his friend Matt Patricia. And so it wasn't just about Caldwell's record on the field or record as to why he was let go. There, there was a lot more that went into it, but um for the the powers that be in the organization, this shouldn't be good enough either. Well,
0: let's let's keep it with this season though. I mean, before, you know, I know you want to you want to wrap up the season right now and you know it's no matter what they're going to do they're going to be mediocre you know and that may be true but do they have a chance i mean i'm just saying have you seen enough
1: between yes, they shut and before after the bye that's suffice i that? mean they should beat carolina they should beat washington they have a bunch of winnable games on their schedule so yeah right. they're not going to go 1 and 15 or 3 and 13 they're going to go 6 and 10 or win a few games oh. here over the next month that maybe people will give people false hope well, here's the
0: thing that I, the, the, the thing that I'm seeing a little bit here is, you know, I, I want to see more of the defense. I want to see, you know, obviously like something's going to have to be, there's going to have to be something that changes with that defense, right? That, that probably won't. And so it's a tall order to ask them to, but the offense, as we've said, something's not quite right about Stafford. I don't know if it's not enough time in training camp with, you know, time with those receivers. Um, he's just been off a little bit, you know? I mean, yesterday, when I look back on that interception in the end zone to Hawkinson, it's not ideal that he's throwing on the run, but if you give Stafford that same play 10 times, I would say about seven times he makes a a throw deeper into the corner of the end zone where only Hawkinson, which is what he was trying to do, which only Hawkinson, who's probably a foot taller than the DB who was covering him, can catch it. It was not a bad idea, actually. You know, most of the time that thing's going to work. That's the kind of thing, you know, like he's been missing Amendola a little bit. That, that you know, catches to Galladay. He's been throwing him a little bit, high. you know, like he's just been not quite often. And, and I don't like him running, but he did scramble for a first down on that first drive. They kept it alive. You know, he's he knows what he's doing. You know, he knows what to do, but it just, the, the offense just seems off a little bit. Um, and I think that's where you can have some hope for this team is that that offense, it's very healthy. You know, if it starts finding its rhythm a little bit more, a little bit more consistently, you know, don't forget, I mean, we can look at these first four games as the preseason because this is what they didn't have. Right. This game action, these live bullets, all this stuff, you know,
1: um, maybe there is maybe that offense will start, you know, going up. Well, the only problem with that is it's not the preseason. It's the regular season. And so all these games count towards the end, you know, the, the final record. And I mean, it's, it's the truth. And, yes. and I'm with you that the Lions offense should be better than it has been. And I think it probably will at some point. But I need to point out two things, Carlos. Last year, Matthew Stafford was healthy, playing really good football. They were 3-4-1, and one, right? So they, it's not like they were they were a juggernaut when, when Stafford w- was on the field. They were 3-4-1. and one. And I think some of the problems that they have – have had this year the fast starts you know they get off to a really good start on script and they sort of sputter around the the rest of the game that was similar to what happened last year if you look back at it right so so maybe there's something with daryl bevels in game adjustments and then beyond that and this is the big fear of mine and you know i i do my i do a radio hit 106.7 every monday morning make sure you're listening out there um the uh they you know i i raise this point too that let's not forget Matthew Stafford has had back injuries the last two years. Right. I mean, I, he says he's fine. The Lions say he's fine, but he's had back injuries the last two years. I don't know if this is impacting his play at all. You're talking about, right. He makes that throw seven out of 10 times. Maybe there's just a little something there that he's not making that throw or a reason why he's not making that throw anymore. I, I mean, we can't dismiss that, right. This is a guy that missed eight games because of back surgery last year. He had a back injury the year before. So you know all these hopes and expectations that we had for the offense, and and what we think now of of this offense, maybe being, you know, the the savior, you know, the the lifeboat that can that can lift this team to to mediocrity. Like, I don't know, maybe maybe we have to to reevaluate that or reassess that and, and realize that, you know, there could be some other things going on with the offense too. There could be. I mean, I just
0: I just um you know I'm a hopeful person by nature, Dave. You know that so. Yeah um you know the, it used to be but then all of a sudden you changed and now you're, now you're hopeful again well, i started reading more day briquette um you yeah. know grades of uh especially of stafford so i was like yeah you know it's pretty good um but yeah i mean you know who, you're right it was stafford who knows who knows what i my guess is any quarterback who's 30 years old and has played quite a while Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees, whatever they've all got something going on that is makes them like, yeah, if I was healthy, I'd make that throw. Mm-hmm. Um, so there could be some, you know, from, from his health, but you know, the fact that, you know, Jesse James has, is showing up a little bit more on the stat sheet, your boy Deandre Swift that you want to put in the hall of fame, I think right now um, he's becoming more, you're, you're lobbying for him to be the starting court uh, running back. Things looked better. Look, he's looked better. You got to give
1: the young guys carries because you are what you are everywhere else. Even and he's
0: looked look good. He's looked good. And, and, and TJ Hawkinson's been more consistent. He's looked better. Kenny Galladay, you know, it's just only his second game back from that hamstring. He's going to get more time to rest up. Might be a little bit more explosive. Um, you know, there, there's just, there's just enough pieces there that I think that they're showing a little bit of an upward trajectory. Um, but you're right. Injury. I mean, who knows Stafford? I mean, he, who knows? Who knows what's going on? I when I, when I see Stafford though, the main thing, and I don't know anything about back injuries and how they would affect you, but the arm strength is there. That's the number one thing that I see. Is he still makes these easy throws? Just I mean, b- barely flicking the ball, and he gets it down there, forty yards. I,
1: no, I agree. I, I and you know, like the other thing that maybe we, it's easy to overlook sometimes, right? We we talked about Aaron Rodgers last year, right? Ah, he's he's falling off. Maybe he's not the Aaron Rodgers of well, old. Like defenses adjust. And I know we said this earlier in the off season that like. You know, as good as the Lions were last year, well, defensive coordinators spent the whole offseason studying them, and, and now they're taking away the deep passing game. It's not quite there, even though Stafford didn't miss a few balls yesterday. Deep, you know, you got to hit Marvin Hall when there's eight minutes left in the game and he's open in the end zone. But defenses have done a good job taking that away and not having Kenny Galladay those first two games certainly impacted that too. So the Lions offense is different. You know, they're not they're not running the ball you know well uh, this year for the most part. So the Lions offense is, is different. And – defenses are playing them different and maybe Stafford is feeling different. Who knows? So there's, there's a lot that could go into this. And there's, there's a lot of reason to both maybe believe that this Lions offense could be what we think they are, but yet to still be worried about what we've seen so far. And the bottom line, you know, as we hit the quarter pole of the season in my eyes, at least is that, you know, this is, we're looking at another mediocre Lions team that can't beat the best teams that, uh, you know, should be able to beat, you know, the, the worst teams on the schedule. And there are some of those, those wins coming up. But, you know, until they start uh, more, playing more consistent within games and, and taking advantage of, of some of the situations they find themselves in and, and showing some of the resilience they need to, to bounce out of these, you know, these ruts that they find themselves in at sometimes I just don't know. You know, I, I don't have much optimism that things will be changing.
0: Yeah, it's hard to see them, it's hard to see them turning the corner and being competitive against good teams, for sure. I mean, that's going to be, that's going to be their challenge, Um, you know, and if you look at it, you know, because they really are two and two, well, what does that project out to? Projects out to eight and eight, right? So, you know, maybe that's not even that big of a deal. You know, I I know, I know you agree they are two and two, so (laughs) they'll, uh, you know, still, it's still not good enough,
1: right? No, it's, it's not, or it shouldn't be. I mean, you know, but four and 12, but they're really on track for is especially not good enough. And they're probably going to finish somewhere in between, right. They're probably going to be a six and 10 team. And that really leaves them in in no man's land. A lot of time before we really get there and we figure that out, we'll have a lot more of these video sessions to talk about that. Um, You know, as we mentioned, this is a bye week for the lions and there's, there's no practice. They're going to take some time off. They, they still have to stick around. They still have to get Corona tests because as we saw you know, this, this past week in the NFL, COVID is still a very real thing, and it's it's wrecking havoc with, with schedules to a certain extent. Um, before we get going, Carlos, because uh, I don't want to keep talking in circles about, you know, how mediocre the Lions are and whether they may or may not win, you know, five more games this year or whatever, um, what, what are your plans for the bye week? Besides drinking out of your, your pretty cool Carlos cup, and can I get a Dave cup as well? Yeah. We're all sold out, so no more okay. Dave cups. um. <clears throat> um
0: my plans for the for it's um since i, you know, can't go to paris, can't go to disney world, can't go to california, can't go anywhere. So, um it's pretty much going to be sitting around doing house chores and little projects and you know, some some well-deserved time off. I think that's that's one thing. And then, you know, really what i'm looking well at is for who? What's that well-deserved for who? Someone, i don't know. Yeah, okay. Um it's cumulative dave um 12 weeks we got 12 weeks after the bye i think you're probably looking at it the same way of i hope you're gonna rest are you gonna take some time off are you gonna rest up or no carlos uh
1: girls basketball practice starts on uh, thursday so uh no rest for the weary here we just jump right into our 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 next project my my second life there and uh in fact, look, I, I have to be honest about this, right? I am not coaching this team because – so what happens, right? We're – you know, we'll share a little personal story here, all right? This is uh, – Corona has wreaked havoc on, on everything, right? Everyone's lives to a certain extent. And uh, the team that I usually coach at my daughter's school, um, we're still a little up in the air as to what's going to happen with the season. So our girls want to play um, – The team wants to play. So in order for them to still get some experience and for me not to violate any rules, we're going to, you know, the girls are going to go play and someone else is going to coach them. Uh, However, their practices start this week. So, you know, now it's, you know, in addition to shuttling my daughter to her cross country and my son has his own basketball starting that I'll be coaching since I'm not allowed to coach my daughter's basketball at this time. Uh, I, you know, now have another, another activity for the the girl to, to shuttle her to. So lots going on from a, a youth sports perspective in my life this week. Makes sense. That makes sense.
0: Yeah. Um, my kids, my kids are a little older, so we don't have the the soccer basketball stuff. Um, but yeah, well, my, well, my one daughter starting some practice for they're doing like, um, I think it's one act plays or something at high in their in their school and her uh, drama class or club, so I'm sure I'll be
1: driving her to those things they're doing it outdoors yeah, in the parking lot play. like can can we get some lions fans to go out there and face paint with signs to like cheer around or what? probably do it yeah
0: no i I don't know if you really want to see a bunch of teenagers fumble through lines for for an hour in a parking lot, so that's probably not what you want to do um yeah. and then high school actually the the full they're playing football, but you can't go to the games. Like they think the players only get like two, two to four tickets or something per game. And so I'll, I'll maybe I'll drive by gross point South and see if they're, uh, if they're cheering out, if I can hear them or listen to them play some football or something. But um, yeah, just uh, not a lot going on, Dave. Just um, so yeah. Coach Dave, coach Dave was on the
1: sideline and uh, yeah. that's gotta be hard for you. Are you still using the whistle? I got you uh it's sitting over here on my desk next to my coach's clipboard and everything and uh you know maybe we'll we'll break that out and, and show it off next uh next zoom but no look I mean it's it's actually good right because I'm this way I just kind of get to sit back and, and watch and uh you know I like to be a I'd like to be an observer at times so you know especially when when I know that when I'm comfortable with what the uh the other coach is doing and I am with uh you know the uh, the young man let's call him that's running our team 50 year old um, hope he's watching this so so he can hear that um, you know when you when you're comfortable with what the other coach is doing then you can you know just sit back and and uh, you know watch and not have any any fears that they're being taught the right way so it's now was this was this person your assistant coach last no, year no no well, see this is the, part of the rules we can't coach right we're not allowed to coach because it would be a violation of rules for okay. us to coach them out of season it's just sort like mhsa rules essentially right and so in order for us to to uh you know not uh be in violation of those rules we have to pass the reins of the team over to someone else and uh you know if we have our our school season i, th- I think we will at some point we just waiting to you know for final word on it you know we'll uh we'll resume our championship run that we had from last year Dave, Dave
0: Burkett is nothing if not a rule follower. So, right. um, I, I respect that about
1: you, coach Dave. Hey, pay attention to those. I look, I don't want to jeopardize, you know, my girls winning a, a championship, getting their name up on the banner, their year up on the banner. Right. So I, the last thing I want to do is put that in any sort of jeopardy. So I'm hands off right now, make sure I follow the rules. And, uh, look, I got a lot, a lot of lions going on on my plate anyway. So
0: you do not, mostly what you do not want is a Mick McCabe investigative story about a scandal
1: in the CYO league and all this stuff, right? <laughs> I couldn't handle that. I'd have to bribe Mick and pay him off and be like, Mick, maybe, maybe what I could do is I could sick Mick on some other teams instead. I'm going to find out who, what my closest competitors are doing and we'll sick Mick on that instead. <laughs> that'll be my, that'll be my, my bi-week project. That's what I'll do. I'll look into the, the, uh, the practice habits of, of everyone else. And, you know,
0: Hello. Oh, one, one, one other thing. I got I to get ready for my Dodgers Padres series. Oh,
1: That's what I'm doing. You know, so it's funny. Um, I have a friend who uh, – he's a Padres fan. We just happened to be texting the other day. Why is he a Padres? There's no such thing as a Padres fan. Go ahead. I'm San Diego. He actually lives out in California still. Um, your favorite state. And uh, no, we were texting the other day, just about Fernando Tatis jr. And like, I, I showed him, my son has a baseball card at Fernando Tatis jr. And, you know, he loves the bat flip and the sunglasses and the, you know, he loves all the, you know, everything that Fernando Tatis jr. Brings to the, uh, the table there. And uh, so we were just, we were texting about that the other day. So you may be pulling for, in fact, Carlos, since we didn't bet on the last series, and since I think you owe me a, a lunch or two, why don't, we, why don't we, put a friendly wager on this Dodgers Padres series here? Because I got the Padres. I think Fernando Tatis Jr. Is star in the making a star already, obviously. And, and I, I got the Padres. I think they're winning this, uh, this sort of freeway series with the, uh, with the
0: Dodgers. Yeah. Um, in Arlington, Texas. Yeah. It will be a freeway series in Arlington. Um, yeah. Well, after you paid me off, you said, I think the Brewers would win in two. So after. It yeah, was just, that was just hassling
1: you because that was just fun. That, that was fun. I, okay. I, this one, I really think you look, I honestly, I didn't follow much baseball this year uh, just because whatever it's, It feels kind of weird. I mean, even like, like college football right now, it feels kind of weird. Like I haven't really I watched some Alabama the other day. and I found myself being like, man, I can't, I can't quite get into this. Like I, you know, I could before. So baseball was the same way. I couldn't really get into it, but I know enough to know the Padres are going to beat the Dodgers. So you want to put some lunch on this one?
0: Yeah, let's put some lunch. So this is straight up, right? So Padres okay. and five, is that what you're saying or whatever?
1: I'm just saying Padres win. You owe me probably like the fourth lunch, whatever, right? You win this one, Dodgers win, you win, and you can take one off the ledger that you owe me. Well, that's so fair. Yeah, I, I will say this. Um, I was bummed
0: because, well, my, my brother-in-law is a huge Cardinals fan. And so – I was, I, the uh, the Padres and the Padres have played the Dodgers tough this year. Um, so I didn't really not want to match up with a division team. Um, I will say this, the Padres are just, they're just, they're just the epitome of losers. They're just, the, the, if you want to talk about losing culture and mediocrity, I've been to Petco Park and it is a fabulous park. I, I, it's probably my favorite ballpark I've been to. Um, the experience is great. Everything's great. The saddest thing about Petco Park is they have like a, a Hall of Honor, if you want to call it. And there's just no one in there. It's like Goose Gossage. And I think like Garvey and uh, uh, what's his name? Um, Trevor Hoffman. And that's about it. Tony Gwynn. Tony Gwynn is a. Clark?
1: He was giants. No, forget it.
0: Hey, Steve Garvey, Michigan State guy, right? Steve Garvey was my hero growing up for the Dodgers. He'll always be a Dodger. So they're claiming Garvey, you know, whatever. Yeah, he took him to the, to the World Series. but
1: um, I was, 84, baby. I remember that one.
0: Yeah, but there's no, there's just no, there's no like championship things. Very few division titles. And, and I grew up, I grew up in an era when they had, you know, Sheffield and McGriff and I'd go down to old Candlestick sometimes. And, yeah. you know, it was kind of fun to like, See a third California team within driving distance so um, and they had some years you know some good some good players, but they just never they just i mean I hate to say it, but they 're kind of like the lions of baseball in some ways, you know they had the potential they had the but they just could never the Dodgers were the Green Bay Packers of the division, you know they just couldn 't get past them. Um, It'll happen again. And if they keep wearing those ugly taco uniforms
1: they deserve to lose. Those are awesome. Those are the best ones. Well, it's going to happen this year. Padres beating the Dodgers, taking it to the bank. We'll end it on that little, little lunch bet because we don't have our normal Allen Park lunch bets anymore since we're not down in Allen Park. If you talked
0: to – by the way, if you, if you talked to Stafford, ask him if he's going to watch his boy Kershaw, who had a great game the other day to close it out. Wait, those two are friends? Never heard, I heard. I think they went to the same high school together,
1: I want to say. That's new. Or Maybe Chase uh, Daniel might have to write a story on that one. Yeah, yeah, we'll All right. I'm gonna look into that during the bye week, too. I'm gonna write a story on that because I don't think anyone knew that breaking news here on our video. Matthew Stafford, just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left.